0: Podcasting from Mount Pleasant, Utah, this is the Sampete Horse Training podcast. Sampete Horse Training's mission statement is simple, to send home a respectful, well-rounded, and well-broke horse that can handle a variety of situations.
1: This is Eric Dent from Sampete Horse Training. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is very common for pretty much all horse owners, and that is uh, trailering techniques and Uh, safety and maybe some problems that you might run into when you are trailering your horses to different locations. I've got here with me today Anna, one of our horse trainers. Hey guys. So um, let's talk a little bit about, to begin with, some of the basic uh, potential problems that you can see as far as danger while trailering. Um, I, I think you can kind of basically divide these into danger for your, for your horse and then danger for the person. Let's talk about the horse safety um, for just a second here. So um, when it comes to trailer accidents that I've seen as a veterinarian, Um, there's two or three basic categories. Uh, first one is the back door not being latched and the horse comes out. We've seen that a handful of times. It's a real (laughs) kind of dumb mistake, but you'd be surprised the number of times that people do that. And certainly if the horse is not tied in the trailer and then the back door comes open, then they're basically just going to come out. Pretty much no horse is going to just stand there. Um, I've also seen a case where the back door came open. A horse was tied in the trailer, but it was tied near the back, and it uh, fell out with its back feet, got a bunch of injuries before it was able to kind of jump its way back in. And so that's something just to always be paying attention to is your back gate latched, um, closed, um, obviously a very easy thing to prevent. Um, The second would be the floor coming out of the trailer. Um, I've seen this happen actually a handful of times as a veterinarian where um, somebody drives for a little ways. They go to get the horse out of the trailer, and then the horse has major injuries to the to its uh, feet and legs because one of the floorboards was rotten, and the horse stepped through the floorboard and was basically standing on the road as it uh, as the trailer was being driven down the road. Um, so, I just really highly highly encourage people to uh, really pay attention to the condition of your floorboards. Um, You know, I've had to replace these on my own trailer a couple times. Um, We've had it for 15 or so years, and I think I've replaced them twice. Just that moisture that gets down in there and starts to rot the edges. It's a really easy fix, um, but something that sometimes people overlook until it becomes a a catastrophe to the horse. Um, And then the next uh, category would be uh, basically an accident with horses, so a vehicle accident. Um, I've also seen a handful of these, and these can be everywhere from just minor fender benders where a horse has got a few scrapes, all the way up to really major rollover accidents where the horse is, uh, is basically, you know, in the trailer with, um, you know, basically being pinned in a position that it can't get up. Um, and so, when you get into a situation like this, I think the number one thing to remember is don't try to get the horse out on your own. Don't go in the trailer with them because that is a surefire way to get your leg broke. Um, It's just not worth it. Wait for a fire department to show up or something like that before you start trying to extract a horse from a trailer that's got significant damage to it. Um, We'll talk just a little bit later about kind of a final category and that is horses getting hurt because of other horses. you know, being kicked by another horse, that kind of thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. So um, those are a few things just to kind of to keep in mind. Um, there's obviously a lot of vehicle sta- safety, the stuff that goes along with this, making sure your tire pressure's up, all that kind of stuff. We're not really going to talk about that here today, but um, just always be paying attention to the fact that trailering with horses is a relatively dangerous thing sometimes for the horse itself. So let's talk about safety of people. So Anna, what do you think is probably the most dangerous thing that you uh, see with some frequency when it comes to people um, dealing with getting their horses into and out of a trailer and, and, you know, kind of the whole trailering process?
0: Gosh, I think it's a lot of it is space, like making sure that your horse isn't on top of you. Um, Horses can freak out and get nervous. And, you know, that's already kind of a nerve wracking thing when you're out in the open. But then you put them in a small little box And suddenly there is nowhere for you to go. Uh, So instances that I've seen and even, you know, experienced myself is uh, getting yourself pinned or uh, having the horse come up on top of you and you have nowhere to go. Um, And letting, I mean, letting the horse kind of get away with those things. And then you're still stuck in the middle between them and and a hard place.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's a really, really big one. Another one that I... That I've seen is horses that are tied in the trailer, and this kind of goes, you know, along with that, but a horse that's tied in the trailer and then pulls back while you're in their vicinity. You know, it's not a big deal if they're tied to a hitching rail and they pull back, and you can get out of their way pretty easy. But where you're inside the trailer, they pull back against that tied lead rope, and all of a sudden you're pinned against the wall. That can be a very dangerous thing.
0: Yeah, I notice a lot of times, too, you know, at a especially at a vet clinic or when you're pulling up to an arena with other horses around, the horses are often looking out, and their attention is not on you. They're clear outside of the trailer, um, and then suddenly you walk right up to them and touch them, and it freaks them out and brings them back into that place right there. And that's been kind of a big thing that I've seen too: is not having their attention on you as you walk in.
1: Yeah. So what uh, what do you do in those instances like that? What what uh, would you recommend that people do if if you know, you pull up to an arena and the horse is dancing inside the trailer because it's wanting to look at the other horses outside and trampling over the top of you. What would you do in those, in those instances?
0: Yeah, so I always take um, a stick and string with me so that I can uh, touch them and then also uh, kind of, like, discipline them from afar so I'm not up there. Um, and also, especially when it's, like, a new horse, um, seeing how they react – before you know without even putting yourself in that situation Um, and making sure that they're you know pretty decent with their groundwork also helps that way you know you can um, yield their hindquarters away from you and uh, get them to kind of be paying attention to you and giving your space but if you need to you have that stick to kind of um, lengthen your arm if you need to
1: so in our company, we have hauled some totally wild horses in our trailer, um, and in that instance, we do, we do not get in the trailer with them because that'd be a very dangerous thing. But I think that's a really good point that you made that you know you really shouldn't even be putting a horse in a trailer until they've got a pretty decent groundwork foundation on them. That way, you've got a little bit more respect instead of them just you know pounding you against the wall and pinning you and you know and kind of dancing all over the place. You really need to have. A little bit of a control over their movements, so that if something goes bad, you can remind them that you're still, you know, the one that's in charge of telling them where to go and what to do. I think that um, when it comes to to safety in trailers with people, another thing to be aware of is horses that have a tendency to jump into or out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they, you'll be standing there, and you're just leading them in, and they, you know, because of their depth perception or or changes in light or whatever, they think they're, you know, jumping up a three foot, um, you know, little incline or whatever, and so all of a sudden they launch themselves into the trailer or they launch themselves out of the trailer, and if you're standing in the path of the horse in that instance, then it can be a pretty dangerous thing. So really, just making sure that as you're leading them in that you've you know, they're, they're following a little bit of a di- different path than you. You're up against the side, and they're going down the middle, and that way if they do that, you're not caught off guard and, and uh, that kind of a thing. This is really common in young colts that have not been in and out of the trailer a lot. Over time, they figure it out, but, you know, these young horses sometimes will will try to launch themselves into or out of the trailer. So, Anna, can you think of any other uh, safety issues that you can think of where people could get hurt inside of, of a trailer or around a trailer?
0: Yeah, I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but when horses get scared of something or, you know, and they start pulling back, uh, it seems like everyone's initial reaction is to jump in there and try to calm the horse and just making sure that they're, you're staying back and letting, letting them kind of have their freak-out session and then once they're kind of back down or then stepping in, making sure you're not rushing in and trying to calm the horse down, you know, right in the moment.
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some uh, basic techniques, I guess you could say, of of trailering. Um, So first of all, um, the door on the trailer. So one of the things that we always try to do when we're trailering horses is we always try to park in a spot where the door doesn't want to close on its own. This can be kind of a bit of a tricky thing if If you've got a door that's trying to close because the trailer's on a slant and then you're trying to get the horse into the trailer while you're holding the door, this can be a safety issue for both um, the horse and the person. And so just for starters, if there's any way that you can park in a spot where, you know, say your your trailer door and the latch is on the left when you're looking towards, uh, you know, the front of the truck and the hinges are on the right, well, park it so that the right side of the trailer is a little bit lower that way as you open it it comes out um, and stays open. That's something that can make a big difference. Trying to load a horse through a door that's trying to close and hold the door open and all that kind of a thing can lead to, um, you know, cuts on the horse's legs or having them jump on top of you because you're in the way or even a number of other kind of reactive type of situations.
0: Yeah, I would say that's pretty common sense, but I learned that the hard way (laughs) and, uh, I even had it happen to be a little bit more dangerous because it was in the snow and in the ice. And so that's what I was doing, is I was trying to hold the door open. And typically I led the horse in, but couldn't really do that because I had to had to hold the door open. This horse was really well trained and he did everything perfect. And really it would have been fine, except for because it was snowy and icy when he jumped in, um, his back feet slid back down. And then he kind of stumbled and he kind of squished me against the trailer door. So not only did I have the horse pushing against me, but I also was holding the weight of the trailer door too. So it was kind of from both sides. And luckily I was fine and the horse scraped up his legs a bit, and but he kind of picked himself back up and jumped back in. But I don't know, you always think that that's common sense, but just don't learn it the hard way.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a great example. Um, so once you, you've got a horse... Uh, going into the trailer. Um, Anna, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, and we're, we're mostly gonna be talking about like a slant load or stock load type of a trailer, not necessarily a straight horse two load, or a two horse straight load trailer. Um, those are a little different, and you know I, I certainly have some experience with those. When I was a kid, that's the trailer type that I had, but what we're gonna talk about here for a second is more like a slant load type trailer where you take them in. Um, certainly here in America, usually they're, they're their head goes to the left side of the trailer or the driver's side of the trailer. And then their rear end goes towards the passenger side or the right side of the trailer. Um, but just kind of walk us through what your perspective is on just kind of the technique of getting the horse in the right position so that it's safe for both the horse and the person.
0: Yeah, so um, when I lead them in, I make sure that there's a pretty big space between us. Um, and then once the horse is in the trailer, I'll lead them forward forward. And then I will um, lean down and kind of yield their hindquarters away from me so that I put them in position with my, um, like I'm the one that put them in position and, uh, by, by looking at them. And then they moved their body there. Um, and then once I tie them up, I kind of like pull them back a little bit uh, just so that they feel it first so that they understand that, they're, that they are now tied um, and then I step away and I make sure that they're still respectful of me. I still will make them kind of move around. Um, and especially when you're loading, you know, a bunch of horses in, it makes it a lot easier to be able to just look at their hip and be able to yield them away and have them respectful of that because you've got another horse in your hand. Uh, so I think that's a pretty big, uh, part. Um, and then just making sure that, Uh, they're respectful and they're listening to you you know there's no problem with them not listening to you and you backing them out of the trailer and then kind of making them work a little bit and then putting them back in
1: you know in our company we um, one of the unique things that we do is we we do almost all of our riding not at our facility which means we trailer them pretty much every single day Um, and we're always just a little bit amazed at how you know, dangerous and crazy some of these horses are yeah. when we very first get them. It's pretty obvious they haven't been trailered a whole lot. And it's, it really is a skill that they have to develop. They have to learn to yield away from you. They have to learn to stand in that position without being fidgety. They have to learn to get along with other horses, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, there's a lot of different things like that they've got to kind of learn how to do. And so don't assume that once they get in the trailer, somehow they're going to be perfect with this. You, you do have to be careful with horses that haven't been trailered a lot. Um, it seems like it takes, what would you say? A week?
0: Yeah. Yeah, about a week.
1: Before they really get to the point where they're, you know, truly safe and, and respectful in the trailer and they kind of understand what it is that we're trying to get out of them. So, um, Okay. So what about tying horses in the trailer? What, what, what do you think about the pros and cons of leaving them uh, tied versus loose when you put them into the trailer? We do both of these. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of maybe explain a little bit about when it might be appropriate to have them loose versus when it's appropriate to tie them.
0: Yeah. If they're coming off their halter pressure good, then that's always a good sign that they can be tied more often um a lot of times we'll take them in and uh we'll put at the divider up and then kind of let them loose and let them kind of move around um and then the next step is we'll just start to kind of loop the uh lead rope around a few times so that they you know if they pull back and they feel that reaction um and if they really want to get away and have a panic attack they can and so they don't you know a wreck doesn't occur um But by the time we get them where they really understand what the pressure from the halter means, uh, then we can go ahead and start tying them. But it's just really important to also make sure that you're not setting them up for failure and tying them really, really short. Uh, So then they kind of panic because they can't move their face anywhere whatsoever or tying them really loose so that they do think they're loose and then they get a foot over it and that could end up
1: pretty messy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So we've got these two... Mustangs through our Bio Mustang program that we're um, working with right now. And we've had them for, at the time that we we're recording this, right around six weeks. And by the time this comes out, it'll be somewhere right around seven weeks. Um, and so we're taking our time with these horses. We're not really pushing them to be tied too early. We want them to be very, very well prepped for that so they don't develop a habit of wanting to pull back. Um, and as Anna mentioned, we want them coming off of halter pressure, which means anytime that we lunge them or you know, lead them or anything like that, they're not hanging back against that pressure up around their ears um, with the halter. So we've been doing exactly what was just described where we're looping it around one of the, you know, posts in the trailer and, and, you know, kind of making them think they're tied, but if they were to pull back, then they, you know, they aren't really tied. Um, And then by the time that this podcast cast uh, becomes, available to the public, we will, we will have tied them. We're, we're planning on doing that here within the next couple of days because they're, they're both pretty much ready for this. Um, and so we'll go ahead and do that. And wh- one of the things that uh, we typically like to do when we tie them for the first time is we put them between a couple horses that, have, that are really experienced with being in the trailer. So why don't you explain for a second, Anna, why would we, why would we do that?
0: yeah so the horse isn't really going to want to get away from that spot because they're by their buddies you know these are herd animals and so they're most comfortable when they're next to you know next to other horses and so that way we put them in the in the middle because then if we were to come take the horse that was in the back out he still got the other one next to him Um, and then we would take them out and then get the last horse out so if we were to um, put them right in the front you'd still be kind of leaving them by themselves and um, leaving that window of opportunity open for them to panic, uh, and pull back before they're ready for it. Um, and putting them right in the middle, you know, it kind of keeps them too from really moving around a lot and, uh, getting fidgety. Uh, they just kind of understand that that's their job. They're just going to stand there and that's
1: what is expected of them. This works really good as long as you got horses that get along with each other and, and, uh, we do this in pretty much every instance when we first start tying a young colt in the trailer, um, and it, it really does work well. So, um, But don't be afraid to leave them untied if, as long as you've got them uh, in a, div- a divided-off area by themselves. I'm not a big fan of putting horse like more than one horse in its own area because that's when you start getting them fighting with each other or kicking each other or something like that they can kind of exert that dominance on each other, make them try to move, you know, another horse try to move because they're not tied up. Whereas when they're tied, it's kind of a little bit of a different story. And so we never leave them loose by themselves. um, But then once we start tying them, we like them to be very kind of sandwiched in there. So, okay. So um, let's talk for just a second here about horses that, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but horses that don't want to load. So they, you try to get them in the trailer and they don't really want to be in there. They have a hard time wanting to get in. You know, they might put one foot in and then decide that they want to, you know, back away. So Anna, why don't you just describe um, briefly how it is that you fix this problem. We see this all the time with young colts that we're training, especially the Mustangs that we train um, because they've never really been in a trailer other than just being run into it. So, Describe to us how we kind of get past this problem that is so common.
0: Yeah, it does take a bit of time and and patience, but I think that this problem is always pretty easily fixed, and uh, um, it really doesn't take too long. And so really helping the horse understand that where the reward is at is the trailer. Uh, And so uh, they might come up to the trailer and start to get in and then decide they want to back out. Well, we can back them all the way down the street, or uh, we can start you know, lunging or just making them move their feet and kind of work, you know, work quite a bit um, and then bringing them back up and just resting them. And so we might start with them even just standing with their head in the trailer. They don't even, haven't even put their feet in and just relaxing and resting and just asking for a little bit more. And then when they don't respond, you kind of go back to working them. Now it really doesn't take too long. Even the Mustangs that we've done where they've only had one negative experience with a trailer, uh, you know, we can always get them in within an hour, really. Uh, Once they get that first step in and they understand that the rest is in the trailer, uh, then it's, yeah, it's all good from there usually, so.
1: Pretty simple. Make the trailer a positive place to be and make everywhere else kind of suck. Yeah. (laughs) So... And then, and you can do this from a riding standpoint. If you got a horse that, you know, has been ridden and, and they've never, you know, they're not good at getting in the trailer, go ahead and lope circles around the trailer and, you know, do something, you know, out away from the trailer and then bring them back to, to the back of the trailer and let them rest there. You can obviously do groundwork, which is most of the time what we're doing because these horses haven't even been ridden yet. Um, but that works really, really well. So... Um, Okay, and, and and this is true even of weanlings. I I had a little weanling this year that we were teaching to get in the trailer, and you know it really doesn't matter how old they are. You can you can teach them to get in the trailer using this technique for sure. One thing I will say about that, just real quick, is is a lot of people start to get just a little bit too pushy or greedy with the horse. They want it to get in the trailer now. You got to be looking for little incremental changes. So at first they're getting near the trailer, then they're sticking their head in the trailer, then they're sniffing the, the mats in the trailer, and then they're wanting to put paw out a little bit, and then they're wanting to stand up on one foot. And then, you know, you kind of progress yourself until you get further and further and further. And you wanna make sure that you're not just slamming them in the trailer and going for a ride because then that becomes a negative experience for them. You wanna make sure you're going in and out a lot and that they have the experience of, they get in the trailer, it's a good experience, they get to get come right back out. If the only thing you do is put them in the trailer and then go and work the crap out of them, then they're going to start to associate the trailer with kind of that bad experience.
0: Yeah, usually with the mustangs, very you know I'll work on the groundwork with them so they're good in thinking, and then load them in the trailer, give them a good break, and then maybe work on some you know finish off with like flexing and that kind of thing in the trailer, and then put them away for the day. And that's kind of their first their first exposure to the trailer. It's just kind of simple and sweet, and then. The next day, they might hesitate a little bit, but they usually just jump right in, and it's usually pretty smooth sailing from there.
1: So let's talk for a second about uh, loading horses next to each other. We talked about this just a a little bit, you know, from a standpoint of teaching them to tie. So, um, you know, the, the trailer that we have, we purposely do this. We don't have a slant load with dividers in it because we want the horses to learn to get along with each other. And we want them to learn to be loaded in a situation that's kind of more like that ranch loading sort of a thing where you just pile a bunch of horses in and they got to learn to get along. Um, And so uh, not to say that slant load trailers are bad or two two horse straight load trailers are bad that got dividers or things like that, but we want them to be able to go into any situation and be fine. Um, and, And so that's why we do it the way we do it. We have a, it's essentially a four horse stock trailer that Sometimes we get as many as five or six them. I was going
0: to say, is that a four-horse trailer?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I never knew. So um, so how tight can you load them, Anna? I mean, what, what do you think about that? You got a four-horse trailer, and, and I mean, is it a bad thing to put more of them in there? I
0: don't know. I think it's good for them. And, uh, and most of the time, we ride them pretty hard. And so they're more than happy to stand there all squished. But I think it just teaches them a, a lot of patience and um you know, you get them all in there, all tight, and it's really not its really not too bad with them.
1: Yeah. I'll never forget this uh, case that I saw when I was working up in Wyoming as a veterinary in the first job that I had. And we had this guy that had a lot of performance horses, and he was bringing them in for some Coggins tests. And, and I go out, and there's this gooseneck trailer that was probably about 20 feet long. So not a real big trailer, and he had 12 horses in this yeah. trailer. And they were all tied. They were. It was just a stock trailer. Um, and they were tied just side to side with their head on the driver's side and their butt on the passenger side and, you know, kind of on a slant. And every single one of these horses was, were either two or three years old. And they were jammed in there. I mean, they, they really couldn't move much. And I was really impressed with that situation or scenario because these horses were being great. And the reality was they didn't know any different. They, they just basically got on the trailer and they just had to learn to get along with each other and they had to stand by a horse that maybe they'd never met and um, they had to be in contact with them and they had to, you know, go with the movement of the trailer on the road and, you know, use each other for balance and all that kind of a thing. And I just remember kind of, you know, watching that whole scenario unfold and seeing that and just thinking, man, this is this is just such good experience for these horses um, to be able to get into where, you know, we don't want to jam them so tight that one falls down and the rest of them stand, stand on top of each other. That's not what we're saying. But um, but we want, we, there's nothing wrong with getting them into where they touch each other and they have um, a little bit of kind of that experience of just something that's a little bit different.
0: I think just, it makes a difference for the driver too. You know, then once the horses are uh, pretty knowledgeable with this, even when they are uh, by themselves, they still stand uh, nice and quiet, and it just makes a difference when you're trying to, when you're driving or when you're pulling in somewhere and you don't have the horse moving around and uh, just making a lot of movement.
1: Yeah. So what do you do, Anna, when you go to put a horse in the trailer and the horse in front of it tries to kick kick it? You know, pin, let it, this is one thing. I, like, I love mares. I, yeah. I, I, I preferentially ride a mare. Honestly, I like them. Every good horse I've ever had has been a mare. Um, but this is one thing about mares that um, if you don't teach them properly, they can be just a little bit more prone to this. I would say overall, do you disagree with that? Nope. (laughs) I would say overall we see more in mares. So what do you do when you, you know, you're taking that, you know, taking a horse in and this mare's up in front tied up and you bring this horse up to the side of him and she pins her ears and tries to squeal and kick him. How do you handle with that Handle that situation?
0: Well, I feel like the uh, answer is pretty short. I kick them back, really. <laughs> so uh, kind of the same thing, just, you know, it, kind of um, being prepared for the situation, whether it's going to happen or not. So I'll take a stick in, and as soon as they pin their ears, then I'll whack her and make her move her feet. Um, and then I'll put the horse right next to him, and I'll keep watching them. Um, and you know, sometimes it might take a bit, like that horse might be pretty new, and so we might have to put a divider in between them for a bit until they're a little bit more knowledgeable and respectful on the ground, um, but usually just making sure that they know that that was the wrong answer right from the beginning.
1: You know, this is a really dangerous thing when they do this, and and I don't know, we might have some listeners out there that think that's a mean thing to, to whack them, but th- this is kind of, in, in my mind... Uh, do you want your leg broke or not? Do you want yeah. the leg of the horse, you know, that you're loading to be broken? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a pretty big deal, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, really at the end, it's just going back to the behavior behavior of the horse. She's trying to pin your ears and put us at the bottom of the
1: totem pole. And it's just a reminder that we're at the top. Yeah. So when you whack them, you're kind of yielding their hindquarters away from you, over towards the passenger side of the trailer. And and, uh, you know, I'm just really big on this. So we, we actually take a stick in with us when we do this for the first time and the second and the third and probably up to the fifth or sixth until we can reasonably trust these horses. But, um, you know, we've had some really, really, really bad manners. Ones that, like, you put them in the stall next to another horse and they're kicking the crap out of the stall, you know, wall between, you know, divider between them. And, and yet when they get in the trailer, they, they know they better be on their best behavior because they're going to get whacked if they don't. And it's that simple. I think sometimes the horse ends up training the person in this instance. You know, it's like, oh, we have to have a divider. We, we can't put this horse to, next to the to this other horse because this one will kick that one. And, you know, it's almost like the horse is training us which order to put the horses in and also training us, you know, to put dividers up and all this kind of a thing. And we just don't stand for that here. Basically, they're all going to learn to be next to every other horse, and it really doesn't take that long to get them
0: there. Yeah.
1: Okay, so what about the instance where you get a horse that's trying to kick another horse while you're driving? How, how can you tell that that's happening?
0: Oh, you, you feel it, that's for
1: sure. Yeah, so you can feel that movement in the trailer behind you. And um, So, you know, there's probably a lot of different ways to deal with this, but don't assume that just because you whacked them, you know, when they tried to kick the horse when you brought them in there, that they're not going to try yeah. to kick them while you're driving. And so here you are in the truck and the horses are in the trailer. So how do you deal with that?
0: Uh, I always just break check them a little bit. It kind of breaks their attention, and then you know they're a little bit more focused on uh, their balance than they are. And it kind of breaks to the moment, and it's really not that enjoyable. So it's kind of the same thing as a pressure and release. Like that's just the pressure, and then it's released when they are not uh, when they're doing the correct the correct um,
1: movement. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, we might have people that aren't real thrilled with the fact that we break check our horses. I don't want to make it sound like we're, you know, screeching the truck to a halt and slamming every single horse in the front of the trailer. But it is an effective thing. And it's important that you do this because, you know, it could be the health of the horse. They start kicking each other while they're tied up back there. Someone's going to break a leg. So tapping those brakes and and making them. Essentially what you're doing is you're telling them, look, you're too busy worrying about standing up to be kicking another horse. (laughs) And so it doesn't have to be a real aggressive brake check, but you can you can tap on those brakes and and you'll fix it really really quick. Okay, so what about horses that paw in the trailer? So you put them in the trailer and um, they just immediately want to start digging at the floor on the trailer. Um, how do we how do we fix this particular problem, Anna?
0: Oh, this is one of the most annoying things I think um, uh, when you deal with horses, and it's kind of funny because I feel like the uh, the more the horse has been worked with with other people the more it tends to do it we don't see it as much with horses that are uh, you know off the the brand new off the desert mustangs or if they're domestic colts that haven't been broken yet um, but a lot of tying is going to teach them patience and so you really don't necessarily need to fix this one in the trailer a whole lot you can just tie them a lot overall and and um, Also, something that'll help, too, is coming off of the mountain after a long, hard ride, they're going to be too tired to really paw on the trailer.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I love about those long rides. It starts to get rid of this problem because they're just like, oh, man, I'm just going to stand here. This is a beautiful thing. (laughs) So we've had, uh, gosh, I don't know, probably dozens of horses come through our um, training company that have had this problem of pawing, and it's, it's relatively uncommon that it would only be in the trailer. Um, it, it usually manifests itself in multiple places. Um, and really, the, the best way to do this, to fix this, is just to tie them up. And we've had horses where we will tie them for hours and hours and hours. And we've had horses where it took a month or two to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they can dig a hole to China, but they still just have to stand there tied. So what is the big um, reason why the horse has learned this in the first place? Like, what are people doing wrong to actually, they're, they're literally teaching them to paw in the trailer or just generally while they're tied?
0: Gosh, as soon as they paw, then they'll take them out or they'll untie them. Or I've seen a lot, too, it, you know, at places like the vet clinic or at the arena, when they start pawing and the poor, you know, the person is thinking, oh, the poor horse is so bored. And so they give them grain or give them yeah. hay to make them quiet. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, that's just gonna magnify the problem like crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this one's not necessarily fixed in the trailer, but certainly is one that you can um, work on in a lot of different instances. Okay, what about horses that kick the trailer wall? So, we've seen this a handful of times. You may have uh, seen uh, horses where people actually put the little horseshoes around their back feet so that if they try to kick, the horseshoe kind of knocks them on their fetlocks um and that's kind of like a little technique to keep them from wanting to kick in the trailer um but they're they're basically not not necessarily kicking another horse but they're kicking the walls of the trailer um just kind of in this like either nervous or kind of annoyed sort of a thing where they're just like whack 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 you know kicking the back of the trailer so um why do you think that this that this happens Anna
0: uh, I think it's just the same thing as uh The other issues, like they get that release from it, they kick and then um, someone will pull them out because they're kind of worried that, oh, maybe they're uncomfortable or something like that. Um, We're just kind of letting them figure it out. And really, a lot of times it is because they're annoyed and don't want to be in there. And a lot of groundwork and a lot of work under saddle is going to
1: make them a lot more patient for those situations. It really does fix it just to basically, you know train them. Yeah, <laughs> This has a tendency to go away. But in the instances where it doesn't, really what the horse is telling you is that they don't want to be in the trailer. And so that's where you got to go back to that psychology of, you know, make sure that they do want to be in the trailer, work their guts out outside of the trailer, and then let them rest inside the trailer. And then if they start kicking, take them right back out and work them again. So um, I'll never forget, you remember that Palomino mare we had, the, the love to rush back to the trailer? And we, we'll talk yeah. about this here in a second. But um, you know, that, that was a pretty crazy deal where we're, dry, we're riding down Dry Creek and, and there's a hard left turn right before the trailer and the horse is, you know, moseying along, headed back to the trailer and turns towards the trailer, sees it, and what did she do?
0: Went the other way. She was
1: like, heck no, I'm not going back to that trailer. And that was a deliberate act on our part because the preceding couple days, we'd loped circles around that trailer for about an hour and a half. And she learned very quickly that that was not a fun place to be. So this is kind of the reverse of that. If you got a horse that is kicking in the trailer, then, you know, and you got to be careful because you might create the opposite problem. Go ahead and work them outside of the trailer and then put them inside the trailer and let them rest there. And they'll start to realize, man, I'd I'd kind of like to be in this trailer. And then that kicking behavior will start to go away. Um, One problem that we see quite often um, that is also developed are um, taught to horses by people probably unintentionally in most cases is when they try to rush out of the trailer this can be true either backing them out of the trailer or it can be true taking them forward out of the trailer like they're you know they're walking forward and they jump off the end there and out of the trailer so what is it that causes this behavior Anna uh,
0: I think it's really they just know they're predicting exactly what's going to come next they know that um, that's What's gonna happen? Like you're gonna take them and you're gonna they're gonna go right out. A lot of times um, they might be even just like a little fresh or something. Um, And so often what I'll do is I'll just kind of stand with them in the trailer for a while. I might untie them and then just make them stand there Um, and maybe even move around and uh, walk back and forth. And then as soon as they start to walk walk forward as if they're gonna walk out of the trailer, I'll make them back up uh, and just make them stand there and. Think through things and uh, think about different things to do rather than just the next step is out and I'm gonna do it as quick as possible.
1: Yeah. If all you're doing is going and taking them back to their stall and feeding them every single time you come out of the trailer, then that gets to be a pretty consistent thing. Um, sometimes this has a little bit to do with kind of a claustrophobic element too. You know, that you, you may have seen horses that rush through stall doors. Um, it's like as soon as they get into that narrow little passageway, they all of a sudden want to, you know, blow their way out because they're worried, like they are they feel kind of trapped or whatever. This can h- occur as well. And and I think one of the big ways to fix that is just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, so that they know that um, they don't get to leave the situation by being reactive. Um Okay, so what do you think about backing horses out of the trailer versus turning them around and leading them out? Which is the appropriate way to take a horse out of a trailer?
0: Really, you can do both, and it's important that they can do both because uh, you might be in certain situations where you've got to do one or the other.
1: We, we teach the horses that come through our training program to do both because we know that um, you know, different owners are going to have different scenarios. Um, we don't have ramps on our trailer, but, you know, sometimes that takes a little bit to kind of teach them what the ramp is all about. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good to get them to, to do both both of them. We've, we have definitely had horses that have come to us where they had only been let out forward, um, and then they would not back out, and we had to teach that to them. And then vice versa. We've had some that would only back out, and they were very, very confused about wanting to walk out forward. And so um, it's important to teach both both ways. Okay, so let's talk for just a second about those horses that have a tendency to become trailer sour, which basically means you're going on these uh, rides, and as you turn, maybe you're on a trail ride, you turn back towards the trailer, and all of a sudden they're going three notches faster than they were for the whole rest of the ride, and then they want to jig their way back to the trailer and, and all that kind of a thing. So why does this occur, Anna?
0: Yeah, well, they are pretty smart, and so they know that now that we've turned back, we're going to get back to the trailer, and then I'm going to get a stand there and not have to do anything, and then that's just on the way back to home. And, I mean, I'm pretty young and fit, but I is not comfortable, and it's a little painful riding a horse going back down a mountain or even just down the road that's walking as fast as they can. Their head is up in the air. They're not really paying attention to you. That is just really not enjoyable at all. And... Um, I think it's kind of funny because I feel like we see this problem quite a bit more than them even wanting to get in the trailer in the first place. And so, you know, people tend to think that that's the, the big problem that they're having. Um, but that just has always been pretty easy to fix, whereas when they're trailer's sour, that can take quite a while to get out of them if they've been uh, used to getting right back to standing still and relaxing and getting away with that.
1: I can still remember several years ago um, when our kids were really young. My wife and I went and uh, looked at the horse that we were thinking about buying. That was supposed to be a pretty good kid horse, and, and it was perfect. I mean, the kids could ride it all over the place. It was really, really, really good. And right at the last minute, my wife was like, "We got to take it up on the mountain, go for a trail ride, see how it does on the mountain." And I can distinctly remember riding that horse back towards the trailer, and it was just bouncing all over the place, just tail in the air, just prancing the whole way, and. I actually had to take my daughter off of the horse and let her walk part of the way back because the stupid thing was just jigging the whole way back towards the trailer. We ended up not buying that horse for that reason, although we could have fixed it fairly easy. But um, you know, it was one of those things that the horse was perfect, but boy, that was, not a, that was not a good habit that had been developed in that particular horse, and it was certainly something that was taught Remember that anytime that you get off your horse, whatever you were doing right before you get off your horse, they think that was the right thing. It is an incredibly powerful psychological stimulus to a horse. This 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 pressure release that is like the big pressure release, the one that is a lot bigger than any of the other little pressure releases that you do while you're riding them. So by getting off at the trailer every time, you're teaching them to do that. So so what are uh, how how easy is it to prevent this from happening in a horse that has never developed this habit in the first place Anna?
0: Gosh it's pretty easy I mean since they've never even um, developed it or really even had that release it's easy to kind of keep it from happening and so just you know loping a few circles around the trailer or making sure that you know if you're not able to lope circles around the trailer maybe you're working them Back and forth on the on one of the sides, doing like rollbacks or something, and even if none of that's possible, then uh, just getting off of them before they even see the trailer, before they even realize that they're there. I mean, and it's a lot easier in horses that haven't had this habit because you don't have to do it very much. You just have to, uh, you know, do it for a short period of time, and they understand they're going to have to work a bit, so they're not entirely excited. Um, when the horses have created that habit, it's certainly going to take quite a bit, you know, almost twice as much uh, time as all the time that they've had uh, creating the habit to actually go back and fix it.
1: This mare uh, flower that I had a few years ago, she she ended up dying from colic, so we don't have her anymore, but I got her as a two-year-old, and this mare never learned this habit ever. (laughs) We never allowed it to happen, and it was so nice because you could ride her anywhere. She if anything, she kind of didn't really want to go back to the trailer <laughs> because I'd because I'd done a little bit of you know work every single day with her, but it was really really easy. You know, I wasn't I wasn't having to spend 40 minutes loping circles around the trailer. I was just doing, you know, maybe two or three to 10 minutes somewhere in that neighborhood just to kind of keep her maintained. Not thinking that that was the answer, but it was really really nice. That was one of the better horses I've ever had as far as this issue goes. So, what about the ones where you've got a major problem, which seems to be most of the horses that we get (laughs) that come in to our training thing? You're headed back and they think that they got to get back to the trailer a million miles an hour. So, how do you fix those ones?
0: Yeah, so a lot of times I'll actually spend the entire training session around the trailer uh, so that they never even really get the idea that they are able to leave the trailer in the first place. Um, And so I'll pull them out I'll get on them and we just automatically start working and a lot of the times I'll do the entire hour and a half or three hours of the training session right by the trailer um, and in the severe cases um, I know we had a gray mare once and she uh, you know had never even been ridden outside of the you know outside of the arena or anything um, but you could tell that the owner beforehand must have because you took her away from the trailer and she just would deliberately, turn back around and rush back to it. And so I worked her around that trailer the entire time and doing a lot of different things, not just loping. But then I would lope her away and then just walk in the mountains. And then I would let her choose kind of what she wanted to do. So she would kind of start to fade and kind of want to fade back to the trailer and kind of turn around and then, and then she'd change her mind and want to go forward and I'd just let her walk. But as soon as she would change her mind and kind of turn back toward the trailer, I would let her go all the way back to the trailer, let her kind of commit to the mistake so that she knew that it was wrong, Um, and then I would work her quite a bit around it and then do the same thing. And it takes a long time, and I usually will finish it up by unsettling them away from the trailer, so I'll get off of them, Um, and then I'll unsaddle them and let them have a nice breather and and then take them back to the trailer. Um, and then in some cases, I've even gotten off them and then walked them back to the trailer and then gotten on them again right there and then worked them and then taken them away, got off, led them back to the trailer. Uh, you know, just a lot of repetition of uh, unsaddling and getting off does not always occur right at
1: the trailer. It's amazing how well this works when you're real consistent with it. Um, I remember another horse that I rode um this past spring, that had this problem—a real big problem with this—and and I really, really like the idea of tanking them away from the trailer and then letting them go back to the trailer. So it's like their choice to go back, and it's like, okay, well, if you want to go back, that's fine. But here's what happens. And, yeah. And uh, um, it's it really is possible to get rid of it. You just have to really maintain this a lot. I, I think that this is something that a lot of people don't realize that they're inadvertently teaching their horse, um, and really, you know, even once they get really good, like Flower was, you still got to do it probably one out of every three or four rides you go on. You still got to make it a little bit uncomfortable when you go back to it. Otherwise, they will start to figure that out, um, especially if you're getting off at the trailer. That's just that that major pressure release that, that really means a lot to them. So um, this is a, a, a problem that is just super, super, super common for people that trail ride. And if you Don't feel like you have the confidence to be able to ride the horse hard when you get them back to the trailer. The other option is to do what?
0: You can do groundwork with them.
1: Yeah, so you can still absolutely work them on the ground. So paint a picture of that, Anna. What what could maybe you do, like, say you aren't comfortable loping circles around the trailer, and so you're going to get off. How would you accomplish this from the ground?
0: Yeah, so you can do a lot of exercises that require a lot of moving their feet Um, and I've done it before I've worked on backing too because then I've backed them actually around uh, the truck and trailer then you're kind of having to work on actually making them change direction too and it still uh, is you know making them more respectful but you can do a lot of things where you're just sending them back and forth um, along the side of the trailer making them turn directions kind of move their feet underneath them
1: and stuff it's all about intensity and changes of direction. That, the more intensity and changes of direction you have, the harder it is and the more that they don't really want to be at the trailer. So that's something to, to always consider. Another thing, this isn't always possible, but another thing that is helpful is to have somebody drop you off and then take the trailer somewhere else. So they think that the trailer is back behind them, but then when you're working them, all of a sudden it's like this surprise. And yeah. then The trailer just shows up, and then you're looping open circles around that in that place, and that can kind of confuse them a little bit. I I remember I worked a summer on a ranch out in Nebraska, um, and this was kind of always interesting to me, kind of looking back on this experience, because a lot of times um, we'd, you know, maybe take off from the home ranch and ride for a few miles and gather some cows, and then somebody else would show up with a truck and trailer, and and then we'd like put the horses in there and then we'd go somewhere else and we'd ride for a little while and then we'd end up somewhere else and then the trailer was there. And the horses never really knew where the trailer was at, which made it nice because they'd never really wanted to go back to it. Um, and even the, in that case, even though we weren't working them around the trailer once we got to it, they didn't really associate the trailer with the rest because the trailer was always in a different spot. So if that's something that is you know plausible to do, then that's another way to try to kind of deal with this problem. So... What about learning to back a trailer, Anna? Oh, dear. What did you think about that experience? You were an expert when you first started working here, didn't you? Yeah,
0: totally. So I'd never actually even backed a trailer before when I started. You know, uh, I think my brothers and my dad were, uh, they thought they were saving me growing up. I'll do it for you. I got this uh, until I'm by myself, and I've got to put the trailer. I've got to back the trailer up. Um, Well, it took
1: a lot of practice. Yeah, so you have any tips for all those people out there listening that have never backed a trailer? What what was the biggest thing that helped you to to learn how to do that?
0: Gosh, well, don't oh, well, for one, don't listen to the radio cuz it get really irritated about how many songs play before you can actually get the trailer <laughs> back there. Um well, when you get discouraged, pull forward and start again. And really, I think the biggest breakthrough for me, which sadly took way too long before I figured it out, but was just to back up, and then turn the wheel while you're still in motion, not back up, turn the wheel, okay, then back up and go a little bit, then turn the wheel,
1: Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work very well. Yeah, takes just a ton of practice, and I would say that um, if you're married, just make your husband leave,
0: Yeah. because they're not
1: helpful. I know that from experience. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I tried this with my own wife, and it just led to all kinds of fights. So, just just get out there and um, and and just do a lot of practice. And if you're the guy, make sure your wife's not around because um, that's just going to be embarrassing if she has to watch you trying to back up the trailer for the first time. So, I
0: think for me too, it's like instead of just saying turn left, and then when you're you know someone the person's actually turning the wheel the right way, don't say the your other left. Just say. Just just keep telling them that until they figure it out themselves. It's kind of embarrassing because that happened way too many times, too. I have to look out the window because I don't really know which direction my tires are actually facing anymore. <laughs> so the left is the right and the right is the left. Many, so just say the other way.
1: Absolutely. Many flowers have been bought by... Fellas that got mad at their wife while she was trying to learn to back up the trailer. So yeah, don't.
0: there's a lot of farmers out there that thought I was pretty weird because I'd practice by just backing up the dirt road because yeah. it's one straight way and the only thing is I'd make sure I'd drive forward to cover up my tire tracks that are squiggly <laughs> all the way down. But I have plenty of stories for that. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> one last thing I want to mention before we end this podcast is um, – is the another safety thing for horses, and that is to not drive off with your horse tied on the outside of the trailer.
0: That's a good tip there. Yeah,
1: I've also seen that before, and that does not end well. Typically a dead horse and you know, a really, really distraught owner. And it can you know, it it sounds stupid, but you know, it's it's kinda like those unfortunate cases where somebody ends up backing up over a child in the driveway or something, and, and they never thought that they would be one of those people that would do that, but it can happen to anybody, um, and it's devastating when it does, and, and you know, obviously with a child, that's a really, really big deal with a horse. You know, you got untied to a trailer, and you take off, and then 20 miles down the road, you realize that they were tied to the outside. You're going to have a skinned horse that is not no longer alive or needs to be euthanized, and so that's something that I've seen as a veterinarian, and, and you know, I think it was an honest mistake, and, and certainly just a, a, an unfortunate circumstance, but something that you do need to be always paying attention to while you're around them so get your horses in the trailer make sure that you uh, have the opportunity to get them out there and just get them used to it as a veterinarian i will tell you that, that there are dozens and dozens and dozens of cases of colic or lacerations or you name it medical problems that are either unattended or not attended to well because people could not get the horse and the trailer in the first place so it's a really, really good idea. Even if you don't trailer your horses, you don't need to trailer your horses. You always ride from home. You have your own arena at home, whatever. You gotta still teach them to get in the trailer because you never know when you're gonna have to bring them into the vet or evacuate because of a you know wildfire or you know natural disaster or whatever the case may be. Just just get the practice on the horse of being in the trailer. And that's a really important thing. So um, Anna, why don't you talk for just one second about our lesson program that we're getting going. What uh, what have we got out there for people to learn how to ride horses?
0: Uh, so we, um, right now we have lessons that um, you can do them for a month up to even six months. Uh, so they're about once a week. Uh, we can even tailor it kind of to your needs too. But it's a very hands-on, um, information-packed, and just being able to learn how to work with the horses on the ground, you know, under saddle, be able to learn how to ride them in the mountains, um, just everything really that uh, you want to learn. I mean, we're able to to help you along with that. I'm
1: really excited about this program and being able to get people out into the environment that's outside of the arena and help them have the skills to be able to do that, navigate that experience safely and confidently and to really have a lot of fun with it. So um, you can check out our website at sampehorse.com. It's got information about those lessons. You can actually purchase the lessons on the website. Um, the only real requirement is that you've got to use, you got to start the lessons within six months of purchase. We're coming up on the holiday season. For anybody that would like to purchase these for a family member or friend um, that would like this, then even if you don't want to do them during the winter, we can we can start it up in the spring, and, and uh, it would be a really good Christmas gift and a holiday gift for, for people that really enjoy horses. So feel free to check out our website, uh, sandpeethorse.com. Give us a call anytime, 435-462-1311, um, and check out our social media sites for updates on some of the horses that we're training. And we have YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Until next time, we hope that you enjoy your horses.
0: Yeah, we'll see you guys.